0: You're listening to The Software Outsourcing Show, brought to you by Accelerance, the global software outsourcing authority. Hello, and welcome to The Software Outsourcing Show. My name's Bobby Durrell, and as always, I'm going to be your host through the next 30 minutes or so as as we talk about some fun and and important topics here within The Software Outsourcing Show. The thing that we're talking about this week is business continuity planning. And as you can imagine, it came up due to the uh, global concerns that we have around COVID-19 or the coronavirus, issue, if you will. I, I know I had a lot of travel planned for uh, for this week and next. It's supposed to be down in uh, beautiful Argentina, followed by a wonderful stay in Brazil, uh, helping some clients out and and moving some stuff along with some of our global partners. And uh, well, here I am in the virtual studio, so still making it happen via remote work. But uh, kind of like everybody else these days. And and you know that's what really uh, prompted us to have this show today to talk about. Uh, business continuity planning and, and the types of things that you should do when you enter uh, an environment like we're in today. And I've got two uh, great gentlemen in the uh, virtual studio with me today. Uh, one is Andy Hilliard, who is the CEO of Accelerance. And you may have remembered him uh, from a past episode on the show. Uh Andy's an IT industry veteran with more than 20 years of experience. He's got a proven track record of taking a personalized approach to matching clients with software development partners best suited to fill their individual needs. Now, his success is largely due to his passion for the global software development industry and his enthusiasm for helping the underserved market grow their network and experience their full potential, no matter where they are. In the world. And also joining me in the studio today is uh, Tom Cooper, who is a principal at the Bright Hill Group. And he works with leaders and teams to help them be more effective in communicating with others. He's got a background in software engineering, systems management, and engineering. Tom uses his deep knowledge of the software and IT industry to help companies and leaders communicate and plan efficiently and effectively. Tom, Andy, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining me in the studio. Doing
1: great. Thanks. Thanks. Good.
0: Good. No, no, no fevers. No, uh, no coughs. No chills.
1: I'm getting a little chilly here. I'm not sure what. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, no. I'm. I, everybody in our house is is healthy. That's good. That's so good. good. here too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Andy, you're you're over in uh, California. I think they're having some of the uh, the uh, most stringent responses. It, it it seems like. How's every How's everything going there? Is it?
2: Uh, yeah. I would really. Like to understand how the rest of the world is dealing with this, but there is quite a bit of uh, panic uh, in in the county. So, uh, and, and I vacillate myself from from reading too many scary stories to saying keep it together, everything will be okay.
0: Right. Right. Well, and, and, you know, that, that really brings us around to, to what we're talking about today. And, and, and it was talking about that, uh, business continuity planning, right? And, and that's really just the organization's ability to maintain functions during a disaster, whether, whether you want to consider this, uh, you, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there and I, I really don't want to get into the, to the, to the talking head politics part of, of what's going on with the virus, right? But, uh, but, you know, there is a disruption to normal services and normal life right now, right? So it, it from that standpoint alone, right, and, and, and the, the things that are coming down, we, we do know that we've had to go into a new normal, just like you would, uh, you know, I know for me living down here on the Gulf Coast, like we would do after a, a hurricane hit, um you know i know it'd be you know tom for you up in charlotte like after uh, you know unexpected
1: snowstorm yeah, you know maybe or, maybe if we got an eighth of an inch of, of snow up here right. i mean it shut down the whole city for about two weeks yeah <laughs> right
0: right and and Andy, i know you know out in california it'd be the same for for you guys getting a uh, an earthquake or something like that right it's it's definitely a shift in what normality is and uh and it's a disruption to 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 the uh the uh, what I not ecosystem? What am I trying to to the infrastructure? Right, it's a it's a disruption to the normal pattern and, and flow that we work with every day.
2: It so. is, and, and but there is different definitions of how long uh, a uh, something happens and creates a business continuity event. Uh, whether mm-hmm. it's earthquakes is is you know momentary because typically they don't they don't go on for too long and and then fires we've had quite a bit in in California and that that might go on for a month or a month and a half Mm -hmm. during the season but we always know that the winds will die down and there's only so much you can burn right 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 Uh,
1: other other times you just don't know where the end is right well I mean I think on this particular one and again I'm not going too far outside my lane but I'm I'm Totally convinced we're going to get through this. This is a season, and we're going to we're going to figure it out. There'll be some new normals that come out of it. But I, I think that you know this is something we we've, we've gotten through crises before, and I think we're going to get through this crisis. The question is, how are we going to respond today, and how do we prepare for the next thing that's going to come up?
0: Co- correct and I, I think that's you know the interesting thing i uh, you know i've 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 talked with uh, with people about this before and, and thought about it before and and I really love the semantics of it of how it's changed because you know back in uh in two thousands right the the early early part of the decade you know those those double zeroes we talked in terms of disaster recovery right so we assume something bad's gonna happen and now how do we how do we recover best from it right and uh and so as opposed to disaster recovery, you know, now it's more of a how do we keep business operating so that, you know, it, it's not just how we recover, but how do we, how do we maintain, right? Because really, where we are in the, in the world today, we, we can't accept uh, disruption to, to normal functions, right? I, I mean, think of, of how the world would react if, uh, you, you know, if we don't have Amazon right? For a couple of days. I mean, what,
1: what do we do now, right? I heard somebody talking about keeping DoorDash in business right now, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's act, 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 actually very true. I've, I've thought about some of the shifts uh, that's, that's happening with uh, where the workforce is going to go. Um, but with that with that strong business continuity plan, we're really, we're, we're just able to keep the business running, right? I mean, that's that's the whole idea, and and really, you know, based on how your organization normally works, I mean, it's not necessarily keeping everything up, but it's it's at least keeping functioning and keeping moving forward. And you know, Andy, I, I know for for us here at at Accelerance, it, it doesn't seem like as big of an impact because we do largely work remote day in and day out, right?
2: Yeah, and and we have redundancy built in, and we have diversification of uh, geographic distribution of, of people. So I, I think we're uh, if if someone goes down uh, in a function, or if someone goes down because of of an event, uh, you know, we always have uh, enough going uh, that we can you know maintain a certain level of of uh, productivity and output.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, and and we constantly kind of exercise that, that muscle too, right? Because I know, you know, the other thing that I think is important when you think about a, a business continuity plan is that it, it can't be something that you just put together. I mean, it, it is a written document. It, it is a way that you're going to approach it, but you can't kind of say, okay, we have it and then put it on the shelf and hey, I'll, I'll, I'll break the glass and, uh, and cut the seal and blow the dust off and read what to do when, it, when the event comes, right?
2: You have to practice it. It's yeah. uh, you have to put it in practice and make it a part of your culture. Uh, and uh, you know, cultures are hard to change, um, and uh, not and not just like the values part of culture, but also just the operational part. Uh, if you have leased or built a large building, you put a lot of people in it. Uh, you invest a lot into that co-located culture, um, and if you've decided to break that up or, or not have that, uh, then you. Invest in in people. This is the way we're going to operate, and we're going to be remote. We're going to be distributed. Uh, so that's uh, starting well, from one culture to another.
1: I think that's true, and I think you end up with um, with figuring out how to do some of those things on the fly. I mean, you know, I remember years ago I was working uh, for a Fortune 500 company, and we had disaster recovery events, and we had disaster recovery planning, and we had you know all those kinds of things that went on. Um, and then they went to uh, summers where we did no meeting Fridays. And the idea was that you wouldn't schedule any meetings on Friday and that people could work from home or people you know, had more flexibility. And what we found was that we did still need to get in touch with people, but we didn't really know how to do that because you know, we're, we're, what phone number would you call? To get them right. right, you couldn't stop by their office because they weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they would go to light like work weeks where there was a, we had a we were working through a recession, and they were trying to get people to burn down their their PTO. And so they were encouraging us to work three days a week. And then people, you know, you pick the days. And then man, now we got to figure all all kinds of things out about how do we adapt to a different workforce and a different level of availability. And I think you know unless you're practicing some of this stuff, and I think we're learning those lessons right now. I had a client just tell me this week. Oh crap. (laughs) I work for an organization that has had a no work from home policy forever. Mm -hmm. And now we're being mandated that we must work from home for the next 30 days minimum. Oh crap.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And what, what does that do to the, to the organization? And, and, you know, not to, not to get into all the different tools and and, and things like that, but I mean, you know, if, if you're, largely all on premise with everything you you've got to find ways for people to VPN in and do you have that right infrastructure for them to be able to to get into the organization or you know maybe you're using some cloud-based services that it it doesn't matter but you know what's the lockdown policy you know are, do people have laptops that they can take home do they have connectivity at home um, uh, you know it it's i I think there's a lot of questions there that, you know, I, I think about, uh, uh you know, a, a couple of places around here, uh, a little more local where they, they've got ways that they can work around it, but they've never practiced it. They've never flexed the muscle. So now n- no one really knows what to do. Right. So I, you know, I, I think when we, when we're talking about the business continuity plan and the things that were there, you know, we want to make sure that we're maintaining resiliency. It it, it should be saving time and money and, and, and company reputation as well. Right. I mean, that's something we, we certainly have to think about in this time is, is that we're not, we're not, we're mitigating any, you know, financial or personal loss. From employees, uh, you know, to to any loss of reputation. Um, I, you know, I know a, a couple of businesses uh, around here. Um, you know, there's there's actually been some reputational loss around this because they did not have a plan for for how to deal with this. And and so they kind of ceased operations.
1: Almost that's that's a difficult thing. I I think I've I've gotten like I'm sure you guys have too. I've gotten about four billion emails in the last five days about Mm -hmm. our response to the you know crisis, and I'm I'm not really staying awake at night worried about how most of those providers are going to (laughs) be. handling it. But I do think there's a concern about wh- how are we going to look if we don't have a plan for this. Um, and, and I got to tell you that I'm, you know, based on having worked in industry for a long time, I'm skeptical that these organizations have really thought about this or flexed those muscles. Um, and a, an event like we're dealing with right now is a great opportunity to highlight, look, man, we need to make sure that we're ready. Here's one thing we know. We've been through crises before. We're, we're dealing with something that's brand new now something will happen. And so we need to figure out how are we going to be ready when the time comes.
2: Sure. And and I don't, though, I don't think in the planning of worst case scenarios and, and risk mitigation scenarios, uh, very few, if if any companies have factored in a global pandemic, Uh, even ourselves, it's like, we can take a punch. What if there's a global recession? Well, then we do X, Y, and Z. And, and this is a global, you know, this could be a global recession plus a pandemic, which, which creates a whole different set of scenarios. It's like we need to operationally do different, not just cut back expenses or be, be proactive or, you know, just weather out the recession and people might be buying our services or not buying our services. It's a, it's a redeployment and, and a reorganization of
1: how you work. Well, and I think I think that's a that's probably a separate podcast episode about the change that could come from this sort of event. But, but I think you're right. I don't think folks have planned so much for this, and I think it'd be helpful to to talk a little bit about how do we do it, how do we think about being able to to get from where we are to where we need to be, and, it, and do we need to think about it in terms of business continuity rather than a work from home policy.
0: Right. Right. I, and, I, and I think that's true. I think that's part of what you have to, to do within that business continuity planning, right, is, is think about what are, what are the steps that we need to take? What are, what are the things, you know, what happens if, right? Let's pull this one piece out. Now, what do we do? Right. And, and so it's, it, it, it's more than just natural disaster. It's, I mean, you know, even for smaller organizations, business continuity planning can be around a key resource, Right. Um, but, but, you know, Andy uh, talking about that, we we touched on it a little bit, but, but really let's, let's kind of, you know, explore accelerants a little bit in, in our workflow and the fact that that it really hasn't been affected by the, the current pandemic. Right. It, it's it's a, our model allows for fluidity and the ability to continue working effectively. And what are, what are some of those things that, that add to that?
2: Well, I, I would break that down into two areas. One is, is Accelerance, the company itself, but then also the um, the global software engineering partners around the world that we help uh, connect to uh, primarily U.S. companies to provide software engineering services. Uh, the company itself, Accelerance, uh, you know, we, we have adopted from day one. Thus, thus, it's like we've been going to the gym for the last 10, 12 years. We're used to the way we operate and our muscles, you know, aren't sore from doing it because everyone in Accelerance is distributed. We spend probably three to five hours on video calls, either with clients or ourselves uh, working on different you know, projects and problems. Um, but then as we extend it out to uh, our um, engineering, software engineering partners around the world, I mean, they are service providers and they have services to render. They have been built to render services according to certain KPIs that have been agreed to, um, and uh, those take, those have to be delivered come hell or high water. Now fortunately, the whole model of, of this, these companies are already in an outsourced uh, location, and, and they have been built to provide services and, and provide them those KPIs, and those companies themselves also have, have um, business continuity, and, and most of their workers are remote themselves also. Mm-hmm. So they, they have a way to continue to provide services according to contractual obligations.
0: Right. Right. And, and I, you know, I think hitting upon that globally distributed software engineering function as, as just a part of the culture and the operating model, right. That I think that's what does help the, the companies that we work with and that we help outsource if, if they've already been outsourcing with a, with an offshore or near shore partner, They've 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 flexed that muscle, right? They've they've got that operating model in place,
2: and they've and they've proactively built that model with the client. The client knows going into it that they are going to be dealing with people that are distributed, not just in a certain co-located location in a certain country in a certain city, but also outside of that city, outside of that uh, geographic location. It could be spread uh, regionally or, or or globally. So they may be dealing with you know, 10 people in Cali, Colombia, and that group also has people in Argentina and people in Peru and maybe some in Vietnam, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and they, they have processes to work together. They have their daily stand-ups and they have their KPIs to meet.
0: Right. And 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 you kind of hit upon some of the risk mitigation there, too, in, in that even just working with one partner, they can be geographically diverse as well, so now you're you're spreading it out you're lowering that risk for any particular geographic region to get hit with something you've You've been able to to kind of disperse that a little bit and and I think uh, earlier uh, this week I, I heard a report that they said that the the center of the impact of the spread of the virus has actually moved from from Asian into uh, eastern. Europe and sure. and parts of Europe so as we talk about the migration of the of the center of this the spread I mean if if you're spread out then you know maybe if you were in Asia and you had some geographic impact there they're kind of starting to come back out of it get over it as it's kind of migrating across the world so you're at a reduced capacity but not at nil capacity if you were all in one geographic location right
1: sure
2: yeah, actually, I think probably about half of our customers now are looking to add additional partners in other geographic regions, just for the uh, diversification of risk and the distribution of teams, so that they can have a team in Latin America and a team in Eastern Europe, uh, and maybe even a team in Asia. So, uh, you, if worst case scenario, if if one team goes down or is impacted greater than another team. You know, you, you, as long as you have a, an umbrella uh, set of processes that, uh, you know, guide, you know, all the teams working together under, under um, there, there's it's an extension of a, the software engineering culture and, and you, you're you're good to go uh, and, you know, protected against risk.
0: Right. Right. And, and, you know, that's one thing I want to talk about, because we've been very vocal on the show. And I, I know as an organization, we're very vocal about. One of the most important things to do in uh, outsourcing is to physically visit, physically travel. Um, and I I know I had a couple of clients. I was supposed to be down in, in Latin America this week and next week. And, and we have pulled back from that. So so we're not making that physical travel right now. It's something that we'll do in the future once the concerns are, are mitigated, right? And, and we've kind of gotten through this period. But there are strategies to still onboard and, and work at least in the interim and get things going without having to do that actual travel. Right. So, so we have modified a little bit there as well. Um, and again, you know, without getting into the, the, the tools of it, it, it's the ability to use video communication. It's the, it's the ability to be able to to talk to one another um, very, very easily. Right. Tommy, Oh, go ahead. Andy. No, go ahead. I
2: was gonna say with, with time and practice, mm-hmm. uh, the the benefit that we all have is that we're we're all remote and we're all distributed now. We have uh phones and we talk to each other in FaceTime and and uh Slack and and you know uh use all of those tools. So it's we're we're in a good position as you know as a global society to just operationalize. Uh, this and you know right now it's a podcast I know but you Bobby you're in Florida and Tom you're mm-hmm. in Charlotte and I'm in California and we're looking at each other and talking right. and uh, it seems as natural as if you were in the same room yep
0: yeah absolutely it, 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 there's no difference than if if we were all together and you know that's that's why I, I love to refer to it as the virtual studio right it's, I don't actually have you guys all in, in one one nice sound stage but but we're here and, and we make it all work. Tom, Tom, any thoughts as as we as we kind of start to, to wind down and wrap up? Or
1: well, I, I think that as we look at at you know how do we operate and what are the key functions that we have to have in place in order to be successful? Um, understanding that is critical to creating a plan because mm-hmm. until you know exactly how you operate, you're going to be stuck. Uh, you know, and and, and you're not going to understand until you realize the thing is missing. You know, so it's, it's really important to kind of walk through what are the processes, what are the key things that we have to have operational in order for us to be successful. Um, and I think also as we, as we look at this, you know, one of the, we can talk tech, technology stuff all day long and I love tech. I mean, I've spent my career doing tech, but the other side of this is really a people thing. Um, and, and I think Andy touched on this earlier about, you know, kind of going back and forth on how serious is this? How am I, I going to respond? What's going, we're all doing that. All of us are doing that. We have some moments where we feel like things are great and some moments where we're like, oh, you know, what what's going on with this? Um, and I think realistically, we have to recognize that this is a season and we're gonna get through it. And then we need to plan for how we're gonna do that well. And then when we do make those plans, transparent communication is critical. Mm-hmm. You know, recognizing that we can say, here's what we're gonna do. This is what we know for now. Um, you know, I'm working with a client right now that's gonna face a significant contraction of their business because of this, disruption. And I'm talking with the business owner. And she said, yep, here's what I'm doing. I, I sent a message out to all my employees. And I said, help me understand where you're, how you're doing financially, because I need to make some cuts, but I don't want to cut the most, you know, critical stuff. And she said, she had a, a she said I needed five people to give me willingness to availability to cut their hours. And she said, I had seven come back and say, you know what, I'm okay. You right. know, let me, let me take one for the team. Let me, let me, you know, well, let's cut cut back my hours if you need to cut somebody. Incredible. That's good leadership. You know, being willing to be able to say, here's where we are. We need to preserve the business. We want to help our team members. We're in this together. How do we work through it together? And then, you know, and being able to say, here's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. And after that, we'll give you more communication. And I think over communication is critical in the short term to reassure people about kind of where we are and what the next steps are.
0: Absolutely. You've, You've got to get the word out early and often right? It, 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 you, you absolutely have to do that. And, and Andy, you know, that, that was one thing that, that I noted that, that we kind of did here pretty quick. You, you, you pulled the senior leadership team together and, and I, y'all were in, uh, I believe, daily, daily stand-ups, right? To, to really talk about what was going on, what were our contingency plans, you know, a, a constant monitoring of what the, the World Health Organization and the CDC... Uh, was telling us right, so so that we knew what was going on. We we canceled our events, right? We canceled some of our travel when it, when it made sense, it, and then we really started flexing a lot of those relationships that we've built over the last 20 years around the world. So in, instead of you know just kind of rely, and I mean I hate to say it this way, but instead of relying on you know social media or our local news trying to tell us what's happening somewhere else. I, I know you spent some time reaching out to some of those partners that you have a long history with saying, Hey, what's, what's happening in your country? What are you hearing about it? What's, what's going on? And, and did you find that to be really effective and, and, and we were getting information, but would you say we got better information or quicker information or?
2: Well, like, like Tom said, and Bobby, like you also said, uh, over-communication at this point is, is critical. Uh, it, it, it uh, gives people perspective, especially since we have a global uh, network and, and a distributed uh, workforce, um, and we we need to talk to one another and understand how they're coping with and what they're dealing with, whether it's here operationally in Accelerance in the United States or, or whether it's with our partners around the world. And um, just speaking to someone and, and listening to their um, – Perceptions or their challenges, and and sharing what is happening in other places, especially partners who, you know, they they have their entity. They're typically in, in a you know a single location or a specific region, and they want to know what's going on around the world, not just what's being fed to them through through their own media channels. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we help them by. By relaying best practices and relaying uh, perceptions and and things going on with other partners around the world, and that gives them, you know, a a good understanding and a little bit more, you know, confidence to move forward.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, just in wrapping up, I I mean, you know, we we've kind of talked all around it, but I, I wanted to to try to really bring it and boil it down, and and I I think. So I'll I'll look for you to to disagree with me as I as I make these statements, but I think really when we look at a business continuity plan, you know, one like we've said, it needs to be a concrete written document, right? I think that's vitally important. Um, I think one thing we we kind of learned a little bit too along the way is let's make sure we have everybody's contact information and it's the right contact information right? That, that we know how to get a hold of people. Uh, Tom, like you were saying, not just through the work phone number and the work email address, but through other communication channels, Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what it needs to include in it is what are we going to do when faced with different incidents, right? So our, our response to a pandemic may be Different than our response to, uh, you know, a, a, a geographic incident or you know something, something of that nature, right? A, a, a power outage, a hurricane, those types of things. Um, you you need to know when to use the document, when to go to your business continuity plan, and you know I, I think it's important to say that it while it's we call it a business continuity plan, it, it does account for variables right It should have guidelines on how to how to maintain the operation of the business and and really what's what's your number one priority to keep running right what's what's your most important thing what's your second most important thing what are the things you can put on hold and you know when do you start adding things back right so you, you got to know hey these these are mission critical these are the important ancillary things and And here's the bells and whistles that that we're just going to have to wait for.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and that's, that's, you know, I think it's important to talk about. And, and I, I think it's also important to note that we may be in a point of inflection where things are going to change as a result of what's happening right now. And so it's wise to be looking at what is tomorrow and how (laughs) might that work? I've got one client that's heavy into print, physically printing things, and they've been working on digital. And now they're saying, we think digital may be absolutely where we need to go, uh, because of right now and, and where this is. And it hasn't been our primary function because our cash cow has been our print. But now we're we're you know this with this shift, this may provide a vehicle for us to transition and and get the buy-in internally to make that transition as well. So what I'm saying is you're talking about the pr- business priorities. What's the most profitable? What's right. the most valuable stuff for us to do? That may shift somewhat, and we have to be aware of that too, because we don't want to rush back to what fed us yesterday and find out that we're blockbuster in the Netflix world.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, I think that's a great point. And, and you know, Tom, you were, you were talking about that. One of the clients that I'm, I'm working with right now uh, does some work with, uh, with uh, organizations in the retail space and, and with the retail experience. And I thought it was really interesting. We were talking this morning from a product standpoint that still 95% of, of retail sales actually still happen in a store, Right and And they were even quick to point out
1: that's crazy that, I, yeah, I can't I mean, yeah. I believe it but I feel <laughs> no. okay. well and and
0: i i i said the same thing i was i said, oh maybe like sixty percent or something like that but 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 I do think that that this this pandemic this you know this next two weeks uh to a month or you know six weeks based on where you live i mean you know, the, the hardest, the hardest thing is to break somebody's habits and at six weeks you're breaking a habit, right? I don't, I don't have to go to that store anymore. I feel very comfortable ordering everything online. So, I mean, it it could make a permanent shift in something like that.
2: I I actually hope it does. Uh, After a 10 year uh, bull run and a very Mm -hmm. strong economy globally, um, the, the, Resiliency comes from facing challenges. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure this saying has been going around a lot, but, um, you know, always taking advantage of a good crisis or mm-hmm. something to that effect that Winston Churchill right. said. Um, and that, that operationalizes changes that companies uh, that have grown somewhat complacent uh, in good times uh, forces them to, not only write a business continuity plan, but actually start to put it in in, in function and in operation to make themselves stronger as a whole.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and accept some of those new normals, right? If 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 need be, that's right. So, well, hey guys, listen, I really appreciate y'all joining me today and and, and talking about this. I I know it's uh it's at least a uh, very current topic. Well, <laughs> we can say um, business continuity planning. I, maybe not the most interesting thing we've ever talked about, but it's, I think it's important and it's timely, right? It's critical.
1: It's It's one of those things that we don't necessarily think about talking about all the time, but mm-hmm. we got to stay in business and we got to find a way to stay in business. And there are going to be a lot of creative things that come up right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, we thought we couldn't live without X. Now it turns out we can, or we found a better way to do Y than we ever thought before.
0: Right, right. And and I think the important thing to, to remember about it too is you know, you, you can't be so concrete and rigid in the plan that you can't adjust to it. Right. It's, you know, I, I, uh, I always think about, you know, what we talk about in this. It, it, I've, I've heard it multiple times out of the Pentagon. You're always prepared to win the war you just fought. <laughs> you know, so I mean, when it when it comes to the business continuity plan, we need to think through it. We need to think through what's mission critical, what's secondary. You know, what what can what can go on hold, and then uh, you know, how how do we can keep maintaining and moving forward, and and how do we adjust nimbly to that, right? And it it's having a concrete written plan. It's 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 having thought through it. It's exercising that muscle, and it's being ready ready to move, right. So with that, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up. And uh, I'll, I'll say again, you know, Andy, Tom, thanks for joining. Uh, for everyone out there, thanks for listening to the Software Outsourcing Show. As always, you can find the latest uh, episodes and show notes on iTunes. And uh, I think we're now on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify. That's the one I was trying to think of. Uh, Google Play. Um, and you can always find us at the Software Outsourcing Show. So thanks, Tom. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening to the Software Outsourcing Show brought to you by Accelerance, the global software outsourcing authority you have a topic you'd like covered in a future show? Then send us an email at podcast at SoftwareOutsourcingShow.com. Podcast at SoftwareOutsourcingShow.com. Show notes, links, and materials discussed on today's show may be found on our website at SoftwareOutsourcingShow.com. That's SoftwareOutsourcingShow.com.